Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We haven't been taking over yet, so English is back. This is from the spot. I'm David. And I'm Benny. And we are excited to bring you another new episode. Hopefully no delays this time around. A lot to talk about, a lot of exciting stuff. But let's start super basic. Eddie, how are you doing today, bro? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Surviving another week. But um, what, what's the first thing in this footy world, Eddie, that comes to mind when we think about the last week? Oh, my gosh. So many topics, which we will all cover uh, today. Um, riots in Mexico, very unfortunate. Um, Chelsea, or not Chelsea, I'm sorry, Everton getting spanked. But I feel like since we all probably just watched it, there's only one place where we can start, David, and that is in Madrid, correct? Well, let's start at Madrid just because it was a, well, for one, now from what I can tell, it was a great game. I saw part of it live, part in highlights. Uh, it seemed a lot more open than the first game, that's for sure. Uh, but Benzema, man, he put on a master class or what? Can we say it was a masterclass, Eddie, or was it more he benefited from some terrible defending? Uh, a bit of both, David, but honestly, you have to finish those chances, and he did. Because imagine what the conversation would be had those same opportunities presented themselves, and he would have not finished them. We'd be saying, oh, Benzema's washed, Benzema's no good. Real Madrid should have gotten Jovic in the window, blah, 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 blah. So uh, as terrible as the defending is, and we will get into it in like two seconds, you have to praise Benzema for being 34 and finishing those chances. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he definitely rolled back the years. He looked like a young you know, striker just out there hungry, trying to get every opportunity he can get. And I got to agree with you that it's kind of 50-50 because, for example, the first goal with Donnarumma, uh, that was hard work that got him that goal, you know. Um, Donnarumma made the mistake, but he didn't give up and ran straight up to him and challenged him for the ball, which is uh, what you would want your striker to do. Uh, you know, same thing with uh, the second shot, he, or sorry, the third goal where he showed no mercy when Marquinhos kind of just panicked and tried to send the ball anywhere. Um, the problem was he sent it directly to Benzema's foot and he made <laughs> no mistake. Uh, for his second goal, bro, that was all Modric, man. Like, talk about rolling back the years. Well, he, he ran away from Neymar, sliced up that defense, and basically just gave Benzema a goal on the platter, bro. That's why, bro. Uh, Modric is Baltic Croy. Hands down. He's 36, bro. He's 36, and he's still showing how world-class he is at, at this point in time. It's not fair, dude. And then not just that, Tony Cruz, another baller that Real Madrid just happens to have, right, has to come off. Oh, that's okay. We have Camavinga, and he comes in and doesn't interrupt a thing, dude. It's not fair, dude. 
Uh, do you think Camavinga might be the most underrated young player right now? Uh, the reason I say that is because he is he puts in great shifts. I understand he's not exactly a star, but that's also why. Like he doesn't really get as much praise as even, for example, Vinicius as another youngster. Um, look, as as much as I hate to praise Real Madrid, oh my mic just fell. Hold on. As, as, as much as as much as I hate to praise Real Madrid. Um, the, the kids got talent, and um, as as these guys, Cruz, Modric, and everybody else on their roster starts to you know move on or retire, he, he'll get his due. You know what I mean? And um, I mean, he plays for a Real Madrid team that's leading La Liga. He's getting to learn from like actual ballers. So I'm sure for right now, he, he doesn't mind, you know? And let's try to put any kind of bias to the side. Um, you know, cause I, I'm, it's going to be harder for you than it is for me to be fair. But with that being said, uh, can we say Real Madrid have one of the more complete squads in Europe? I mean, yeah. they, have a, they have an excellent squad if you ask me. Yeah, look, um, honestly, um, the only person I really have questions about, and this is a bit unfair of me, but it's still um, Coutois, but that's just because I still feel bad for Keylor, but their their defense, you would think losing a, a leader like Sergio Ramos would cost them, and it, honestly, yeah, they give up a bit more goals, but... Um, I mean, they just beat PSG. They're eight, they're eight points clear in Spain. What more do you want? Yeah, I mean, I could tell you right now, man. I'm uh, I'm looking at their squad from today. You know, like we normally do when we record on uh, we're reviewing stuff, and I'm looking at their bench alone. And come on, man, most of these players, you know for sure, they'd be getting minutes almost at any other team. We're talking about Eden Hazard is on the bench. Uh, Luka Jovic, uh, Lucas Vasquez, Gareth Bale, Danny Ceballos, Rodrigo, Isco, uh, Mariano Diaz, you can argue, will get some minutes at some uh, other mid-table clubs. And Camavinga, like you said earlier, started off the bench. Uh, so they're, they're a scary team to face, man. Uh, do you think they can go all the way this year and at least I mean, make the final? Um, I mean, look, I've, I've been looking at Twitter since you know, the game ended and I got off work. And what Benzema said is true. Um, the Champions League is in their DNA. Or as my friend Henry said in our little uh, group chat that I have with my friend Henry, who's a regular listener of the show. Thank you, Henry. Um, Shout out, Henry. La hierarquia pesa, which means my hierarchy, my my status as a big club, it's it's too much for you. And Real Madrid, um, like Benzema said, Champions League is in their DNA, particularly this version of Real Madrid. Yeah, CR7's not there, but Benzema's still there. Madrid is still there. Cruz is still there. Casimiro. Um, who else? Marcelo. Bale. Those are all multiple-time Champions League winners, dude. So the, the, 
the Champions League is literally in their DNA, even though they have Kamavinga, they have Alaba, and uh, a few other new guys. Um, it's it's most of these guys have have three Champions League trophies in their cabinet. So come on, do do I think they'll get to the final? Um, probably. I mean, um, unless. Unless they hit Super Bayern or Boring Bayern or Liverpool in the quarters, um, Man City can't stop them. Man United can't stop them. Atletico can't stop them. Uh, Villarreal can't stop them. So unless they get screwed in the draw, which we know UEFA's going to UEFA, um, I, I can see them getting to the final for sure. And uh, I'm glad you brought Bayern up. Bayern, talk about a masterclass. Bayern put on the masterclass, destroying Salzburg 7-1 uh, at home. Uh, Salzburg looked solid when they played uh, Bayern at home, getting something of a result. But, I mean, we talked a little bit about it last time around, where playing Bayern at the, excuse me, at the Allianz is just, man, that's a whole nother world, a whole nother level. And they, they showed that. Uh, let's talk about the obvious just to knock it out of the way here. Uh, but let's talk about Robert Lewandowski. Uh, Lewandowski? Lewandowski. He's got five goals or five hat tricks, I'm sorry, in the Champions League. One of them with uh, Dortmund. Uh, can't forget that great Dortmund campaign. Uh, Eddie, do you comfortably, are you comfortable saying, I should say, that Robert Lewandowski is the best striker in the world right now? Or did Benzema make you want to say, hey, we need to open this conversation up? David, um, thank you for setting me up just like uh, Marquinhos set up Benzema for the third goal because I <laughs> took the initiative and went to our Twitter at Pod from the Spot. Follow us, please. I ran a poll. And I I said, would you rather have Benzema or Lewandowski on your team? And I gave the polls 24 hours at this current moment in time. uh, There's 22 hours and 38 minutes left to vote. And surprisingly, David, we've had seven votes and they're all for Benzema. And I I get it. It, um, It may be a slight bias that... You know, Benzema just scored a hat-trick against one of the quote-unquote big teams, regardless on whether or not you think PSG is a big team. But I think Lewandowski deserves some love. Uh, Lewandowski is slightly younger. Um, Let's be real. Um, Robert Lewandowski basically walks his way to a league every year. But I think he's had 40 goals in seven straight seasons. And that's not easy. And I think he's slightly younger. If I was pressed to vote um, on our poll, which please vote um, right now, as much as it hurts, I'd give it to Benzie just because he's the beast that I know. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I sat here and I watched Bundesliga every weekend. I don't. But I do watch La Liga, and I do see what Benzema can do week in and week out. Fair enough. And 
<clears throat> I mean, I, I wouldn't want to have to pick between the two if they were on the same squad. Uh, you you know, fortunately, me? we don't have to see them in the same squad because I'm sure that would be a nightmare for everybody. But uh, before we start talking a little bit about next week, because um, nothing really happened between City and Sporting, let's uh, touch base with um, Inter taking a win from Liverpool at Anfield, but not quite enough to make it through to the next round. Uh, they won 1-0, lost 2-1 on aggregate. But what what do you think of this uh, loss for Liverpool? I mean, they were with 10 men, Inter were, with 10 men for at least half an hour as Alexis Sanchez got sent off in the 63rd minute, two minutes after Lautaro Martinez scored. Uh, do you think this is a bad reflection on Liverpool based on their form? Do you think maybe it's just like, hey, they just had a one-off night? Or what, what do you think is going on there? Um, I think for sure, well, I mean, obviously every team wants to win, but you knew that that they could give up one. I'm not saying they wanted to because, honestly, had Inter not gotten that red card, um, Liverpool probably sweat out those last 27 to 30 minutes because, um, Truth be told, Inter were pretty good over both legs. It just so happened they got unlucky enough to not create enough chances in the first leg. And then in the second leg, they were down to 10 men and Liverpool didn't have to score. So I think that Liverpool's focus right now is trying to catch up to City. So I, I don't think Liverpool will stress too much. Um, Allison got really pissed at the goal, but it was a golazo, so there's not much you could do. And Salah hit the bar a couple times, so it's not like Liverpool didn't try to score. So I'm honestly I'm more impressed by Inter because I thought that they were gonna come to Anfield and maybe like play really well for 15 minutes and then be like, well, we couldn't score, you know? Yeah, and then kind of give up. Yeah, but no, they they like true champions because they did win the last Scudetto. They played really well and were unfortunate that uh, Alexis got sent off um, because it it hurt their chances of sending it to extra time. But that probably was a red, right, David? Yeah, I mean. It's part of the game, and it's unfortunate because it, I do feel it does change the game a bit. And, I mean, Alexis Sanchez has – I'm not saying he's lighting up the world like he did when he was with Barca and Arsenal, but he was definitely Arsenal. doing better with Inter than he was with United, that's for sure. So it's kind of a shame. But, hey, that's football. Um, speaking of shame and that's football um, – Manchester United take on Atletico next week, um, which unfortunately is also my game to watch for next week, just because there's, it's still interesting enough to see two battered squads, two coaches under fire. Um, Cholo might not feel it as much because the fans still love him, but uh, he's definitely under fire due to their faltering season. Uh, if you had to put money down right now, um, Eddie, which I might cut up the audio to make it sound like you actually put the money down. But if you have to, just hypothetically, 
uh, who do you think is going to make it out of that tie? Okay. Well, um, truth be told, um, depending on Ronaldo's quote unquote hip flexor, which I don't buy. I just think he didn't want to get embarrassed by City. Um, um, right now, I, I will take um, Atleti, not just because they're my pick to, to win the Champions League, but because our prince, Joe Felix, has four goals in the last four games and two assists. So to all of those people that say, like, oh, he never takes over game. He's taking over games now, bitches. Just needed to play into forum assholes. So um I'm I'm gonna go ahead and back my pick to win the Champions League. Joe to get a goal and an assist. Man United will pull him back, but it'll be three two on aggregate to Athletic. All right, and uh before we, we move on to the, the next game, which is another one that is honestly has me excited. Um, I just want to kind of start building a conspiracy theory. Could um, Ronaldo's kind of, like you said, quote-unquote injury, uh, your words, not mine, could that kind of be like a wink at City? Like, yeah, I might have fucked up. You know, I'm not going to try to do damage against you guys. Uh, I might try to leave in the summer. If Haaland doesn't work out, maybe come get me. What do you think? So, David, to answer your question... Um, although I think he'll definitely leave United, I do not think he'll leave it for Man City, um, especially because as regular watchers of, of the Prem, we see what a well-oiled machine um, City is. Uh, so I don't think they need him. I can see Ronaldo saying, Fuck it. I've done everything I can. Time to go become a star in the MLS. That's a definitely a possibility that I'm not going to doubt. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see, you know, what happens in the next few months. But uh, the other game that was that really had me excited, Eddie, that I wanted to be sure we we brought up was Juventus versus Villarreal. Another cool. 1-1 tie. Juventus is playing at home. Uh, Unai Emery can really set up teams to surprise. What What are you thinking here, man? Do you think Juventus gets the job done? I I want to give it to VRL. I really do. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they're reigning Europa League champions, but I think I think Juve heads them just slightly. Um, they're one one. I I think Juve will take it in penalties. I think so. That's that's no. That, that's I think that's a good um, what's a prediction and a, a bold one to go to penalties. You, uh, you, you know what? If I'm right, I just had a good evening. If I'm wrong, I had a bad evening. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. And um, I just want to. I want to confirm it for you just to give you credit where credit is due. Villarreal did win the Europa League in 2021 against Manchester United. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I would hope that they can do something. Yeah, maybe at least get past Juventus. But I do think Juventus have too much, especially at home, uh, to really make the least of it. They just 
I mean, Alvaro Morata is, in, is starting to find some kind of form to where he's impacting games. When when you get that going, um, you you know Juventus is in business. Um, any team that can get Morata going is in business. And David, uh, can I sidetrack us real quick before we move on to the next topic? It's yeah. Champions, Champions League related. Um. So if you guys are unaware, in the very near future, I believe the 2024 season, the Champions League format will be changing. Um, and instead of the excellent setup they have now, they're going to make it one big table of 36 teams. The teams to finish top eight will... Um, go straight through to the round of 16. Then teams in the 9 through 24 um, section of the table will play a, I believe it's a one-game playoff, David, to see who the other eight teams will be. Uh, David, your thoughts on the new format to come? Sounds like the, um, what's it called? The, what did they call that? The, the Super League? It sounds like that, but worse. <laughs> it sounds terrible, man. I don't think they should mess with it. it, it, it look, it, it, if the Champions League format was bad, I would welcome a change. But it's a good format, dude. Obviously, we all know why they're doing it, and I'll spell it out for you if you're not hip to the reason. They're doing it for more money. More teams involved means more games. More games means more TV revenue, blah, 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 blah. But I just, look, you're adding four games at least to each team's schedule. And say if you're an English team, let's just take Man City, for example. Man City have to play in the Premier League, the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, and then you're going to add four more games to their schedule? Why? Not that I give a shit about City, but as long as they have Qatari money, they're always going to be in the Champions League. Definitely. But uh, I don't know, man. It just sounds like they kind of gave in a little bit to what the idea of the uh, Super League was so that there wasn't another breakout. But um, as we've they're all been listening, they're still the going to try. League. Yeah, they're still going to try it. So it's not like it mattered. But um, let's, let's go on something somewhat more positive. Not sure <laughs> if I'm going to end up sticking my foot in my mouth with this. Um, so WEPA have finally made a decision in terms of Russia, at least in what is the national team world. Uh, Russia has officially been kicked out of World Cup qualification. We know that. And it's been ruled Poland will be given a bye, which is uh, something that we talked about last time around. So they get to move on to the next round. Um, Ukraine versus Scotland got moved. Uh, They were due to play the 24th of March, which I think it's Pretty fair to say that that would be unrealistic to get together on Ukraine's part. But all we know is they're going to play sometime in June. There's no official date, uh, just a month, basically. How how do you feel about this, Eddie? 
look, dude, I I hope that we can get that game in, but uh, truth be told, David, 15 of the 23 guys who regularly play for the Ukraine right now play in Russia, meaning they're not playing right now because there's a, people call it a conflict. It's, it's a war. It's a war, people. There's a war between Russia and the Ukraine going on. So although June is three months out, um, I don't think they'll be ready, David. As, as much as it sucks for um, the Ukraine, I think their FA should pull them out and just let uh, Scotland and Poland uh, play for the right to go to the World Cup because even if this all gets settled tomorrow, um, which would be dope, I don't think that you can, can be ready for that game. Fair enough. Um, I mean, it's I guess it's hard because I can also see the other side where Ukraine's like, no, we should show some pride and give our country something to root for. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's weird, you know. Uh, I can see it go both ways. But uh, I don't know, man. Let's... You know what? Let's do something everybody can agree with, no matter what. Always a positive thing. Let's pick on Everton. Oh, so, let's do that. <laughs> um, it's awesome because uh, we can talk about the Merseyside Blues, and we don't know if it's about exactly Everton or just sad shit going on. But we know this time <laughs> around, it's both of them. We we know Everton is just sad. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we know they're going to face a possible point deduction. You know, they broke the profit and sustainability, sustainability rules, uh, uh, David, which is no bueno. David, could, could you explain that to me? Like um, seven, please? What um, okay. So uh, the Premier League has this rule that in three years, the most you can uh, lose in terms of revenue is 105 million pounds right combined right in all three years it's their version of financial fair play okay. and it's to make sure that they're whatever money they're spending they actually have and they're not going to go into the red well okay. everton is about two and a half times that at 260 million pounds uh lost over mm. the last three years uh, the part that's really got uh, Everton worried is Usmanov. Uh, you know, if well, actually, in case you don't know, Usmanov is Putin's boy, uh, one of his guys, one of his mm-hmm. oligarchs. Um, he's a major investor in Everton. He was recently sanctioned by the British government. So naturally, that's bound to make the situation worse. It's making it a pretty bleak uh, you know, scene here. There, there's a chance they could get the point deductions and they go down. Um, I, I mean, look, they can't even afford a point deduction anyway because they're in 17th. They're right there. It, if Burnley put another two to three games together, the form that this Everton team is in, they're going to be in the relegation zone. So then to take points off of them anyway would make their situation even worse. 
Now, David, can I put you in a scenario? Yeah, definitely. Okay. You've just become Frank Lampard. So fuck me. No, I don't want to do this anymore. So (laughs) you know, you're a really solid footballer, but you're a manager now because you you're retired. You failed to bring up Derby County from the championship. Um, you failed at your club, Chelsea, and as soon as they fired you, they were on the path to become European champions, which they are right now. And then because you wanted to be a manager in the Premier League again, you took the Everton job, but... You haven't changed anything yet. There's still shit. And now, regardless of whether you stay up or you go down, it looks like your club doesn't have any money to spend, Frank Lampard. What are you going to do about it? You know, at this point, I there's different examples you can follow. You can do what most top managers do and elite managers do. And they end up kind of walking away from the project one way or another, basically giving up on it and saying it's time to move on for both You're parties. You're just right? a shit, Steven Gerrard. Pretty much, right? You're the other a- one is be Wayne Rooney. Bro, Wayne Rooney put his own money into Derby. And for a a very good while there, he was nearly convincing people that he was going to keep Derby in the championship, even with a points deduction. So, you know, it's the ball's in his court. I would hope that he would be a Wayne Rooney. If not, this is a good chance for Everton to get Wayne Rooney. I mean, why not? You know? See, okay, Frank, can, can I ask you, can you give um, podcast or from the spot podcast the exclusive as to why you took the Everton job? You've never faced relegation as a player. You were never close to facing relegation as a manager. Why did you want to take this relegation fight? Okay. Uh, I Okay, so I know it's supposed to be like I'm Frank Lampard. Um, what I honestly think happened here is Frank Lampard saw Everton, saw that they had a little bit of money. I mean, they did invest for him um, during the January uh, window. And he thought he would get an easy way to stave off relegation, look good, and get another season in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just one man's opinion, right? Oh, okay, David, can, can I tell you something that pisses me off about Frank Lampard as a manager? Please tell me, because I hate Frank Lampard. Okay, and I get why he does this, because his manager was Mourinho. And we all know how the special one loves to blame his players, but at the end of the day, Mourinho, even though he hasn't won in a while, he wins leagues. He wins Champions Leagues. He is, in fact, the special one. Now, I don't know where Frank Lampard got the idea that he could blame his players. There's a difference between saying, like, oh, you know, we were poor today, but, you know, we'll go out and get better. But he really says shit like, oh, uh, um, 
there were problems here before I got here, and I haven't been able to fix them. You can't say that, Frank. You're the manager. You can't criticize the team like that, especially if you were brought in to fix it, and you're not fucking fixing it, dude. Yeah, like, he knew what he got himself into, so I, I'm with you. I don't agree with that. Um, just take ownership, man. Just say you're not getting the best out of those players. Uh, you're the one that's not doing it. Yeah. But, you know, my Frank Lampard hate could go on forever, bro. I hate Frank Lampard with a passion. He is so, just a shit Steven Gerrard, and I do hate Steven Gerrard. But, uh, so, so you're a West Ham supporter now because you hate Frank Lampard? Uh, pretty damn close. But let's, um, let's go to the other side of the spectrum. Let's talk about something that it's, it's really hard to hate, uh, to be honest. Well, I'm going to hate on it later on in this conversation but for now let's uh talk about some love and some kudos about um barcelona's revolution they've really done a 180 we touch about uh, i touched upon it a little bit here and there as we discuss la liga and how barca's doing but i do think it's time to give them some credit here and really give them praise with who they signed in Traore, making a major difference. Even Aubameyang is actually looking decent, which is something we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, still some, you know, question marks over like Dembele, what's going to happen with Coutinho, but not exactly taken away from the shine of what's going on this season under Xavi. Um, getting linked with some great players this summer, such as Haaland, Christensen, Rudiger, and Aspilicueta. So basically, Chelsea's defense. Uh, you're a fan, Eddie. Let, let's, hear, let's hear your thoughts. Okay, l- let me be fair first, David, because I, I haven't forgotten. This past weekend versus Elche was pure Wefalona in La Liga. Um, look, it was a really open game this past weekend. Um, Elche played really, really well, and deserve to take a point. Um, but there was a question, questionable penalty for us that got us the win. And then right afterward, there was an obvious penalty for Edge that did not get called. Okay. Uh, rant over. Um, dude, I understand that Erling Holland is a generational talent, but he's a generational talent we cannot afford. You know who we can afford to keep is Adama Traore. A guy who, even, even though when he came on, Barca was winning at the time, but just the way he takes people on, especially in La Liga, which isn't a super physical league like the Prem, he makes such a difference with the way he can run at fullbacks and cross the ball and just dominate. I would, and you guys can single this out, I would rather keep Adama Traore right now than spend all this money on Erling Holland and then him be unhappy at the club in like a season and a half and want to leave. Uh, so I, I want to keep Adama Traore, but I had my reservations about Xavi, but week in and week out, he proves me wrong and he shows me that he does deserve this job and that he can get the best out of his players, unlike Frank Lampard, who we just talked about. 
Definitely. And kudos to Travi, like we said, getting the best out of his players. Um, but I do want to hate a little bit, kind of like you said, uh, no money for a Holland, but maybe for a Traore. Uh, Laporta has been super critical of Bartomeu, which is deserved. I want to point out, I'm not Maybe. trying to spend Bartomeu, but uh, there's always something weird when you can have your president in the same breath say, oh no, you know, we're still in financial crisis, but we offer Dumbele crazy money. Or, oh no, we can't really afford to pay 30 million euros for Traore, but let's get linked with this like 100 million euro deal for Haaland. It's, it's insane. I do think it sends mixed messages. And it does, in my opinion, put Barcelona at risk of losing out on targets because they're going to get priced out. Mm. Um, one way or another, whether they're fibbing about being able to afford it or not, that's going to throw them under the bus, I feel like. Um, not sure what's going to happen at the end of the season but I think it's going to be a bigger surprise if Haaland actually signs and they don't go after Traore than what they're thinking is going to happen David call, call it right now where does Erling Haaland end up mm. well very limited teams can afford them uh, I think he's more likely in this order, he's more likely to go to City, PSG, than he would probably consider Barcelona. Okay, David, hear me out. Um, Daniel Levy does the right thing and sells Harry Kane. And Man City is like, I'll pay you $100 million. Does Daniel Levy pull the trigger on Holland? Uh, I don't think he will. I think he'll spend on the money on like three mediocre players. God damn it. Uh, a la Gareth Bale to Real Madrid. Uh, that's just Levy things, man. We can't, we can't really hope for the best with him. Um, but really, in all seriousness, I... I am excited to see what's going to happen this summer because it's going to be a domino effect. So one player is going to move to one team and that's going to open up the door to others. Uh, I mean, Messi might not go back to Barcelona, but who's not to say that Barcelona give up on Haaland and they go after Neymar. So it puts PSG in the situation that they go all in on Haaland, you know? Uh, We don't know what's going to happen, which is somewhat exciting. One of the more exciting summers a lot of free agents. Um, I mentioned some and Christensen, who is rumored to pretty much be a Barcelona player. Rudiger, Aspilicueta, uh, Pop Ogba is going to be a, a free agent. It's that's going to be an interesting one, man. Yo, Mino is about to get paid this summer, man. Oh, dude, he's not going to see a better summer than this summer. That's for sure. Definitely. Um, but let's get serious here just for a minute because I do think it's important to talk about. Um, let's talk about what happened in Mexico. Uh, we touched a little bit at the top of the pod. Um, so there was a riot between Queretaro and Atlas fans. Um, Eddie, do you want to give a quick rundown? Uh, base, uh, cliff notes yeah. of what yeah. happened? Uh, I will. So um, uh, 
At last, the current Mexican champions were away to Querétaro uh, this past Saturday. And um, full disclosure, before I jump uh, into it, I wanted to talk about Liga MX this week because one of their big clubs, America, is in dead last. So I was going to come on here and cap on them for the whole entire segment, but this is more important. Um, so um, 63rd minute, uh, one of the teams is about to take a goal kick, and it pops off in the stands. From the video that I was able to see, um, an Atlas supporter came up to the Querétaro Barra, or Ultras, as, as we would say in English, who they're in a caged off section of the stadium. So they have their own cage, right? Right. And he came in, or he came up to them talking shit. Of course, um, if you've ever been to any sporting event ever, um, you know if the opposite band comes up, um, shit is at least going to be talked. And out of nowhere, here comes a little fan that was outside the cage and he starts swinging a steel chair like it's the Attitude Era in WWF <laughs> at the time. Um, and he misses. And so the Atlas fan, who had two or three guys with them, they jump the Querétaro fan. And so out of the left side, here comes a stadium employee, and he just opens the cage to let out. Uh, the Querétaro Barra and shit pops off so as much as I want to blame the security guard because I do believe a whole lot of the blame lies with him at some point personal responsibility takes over and some shitty human beings did some shitty stuff and people got hurt officially 26 people Three are in critical condition, I believe. But from the videos I saw, I don't care what anybody says in the Mexican government. People died. People fucking died. I don't care what people say. People died. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, and I I couldn't have summarized it better myself, to be honest. And um, to kind of give what the official word is, it's uh, at least from the Mexican government, is there's allegedly no deaths, 26 injured and three in critical condition. Uh, in terms of the aftermath and punishment, the only punishment really was a $70,000 fine for Querétaro and their owners. The owners are obligated to sell the club back to Grupo Caliente, who were the previous owners. And they've been given to the end of the year to find new owners. So we'll see how that goes. Um, supporters group, they got banned for three years. And for the rest of the season, they have to play behind closed doors with a 1.8 mile perimeter set around the stadium for fans to basically stay out of. Um, doesn't feel quite enough for me, Eddie. What, what, are you, what are you thinking? Look, dude, even, even if we dumb ourselves down and buy that there's only a certain number of victims and nobody died. Right, let's just say we buy that, David. We 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 take that at face value. 
$70,000 is not enough of a fine. You have to give some of this money to the victims. Because, David, and look, I'm a Boca Juniors fan. And I've gone to a David Plates um, Chivas game, Mexico Chivas, when I was like about 13. And I didn't want to sit with the Chivas fans. So in my Boca jersey, I sat with the David fans. And David was winning. And the Mexican fans started some shit in my section, literally next to me. So I've seen soccer violence in person at a friendly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and, you know, it, it was a quick scuffle. Shit happens. They got kicked out. But this was a full-on brawl. David, uh, la, Fe- la Federación Mexicana de Fútbol should be ashamed of themselves. They needed to be um, $100,000, $200,000, dollars fine for the club. Um, <clears throat> uh, some of that money needs to go to the victims. I would have automatically said, you can finish out the campaign, but you're automatically relegated. I don't give a shit. Um, and, um, you know, um, okay. Uh, support groups, Ben, great. Three years, I don't think that's quite enough. And I don't care. If you guys can pinpoint um, the most violent offenders, or at least the people who started it, they need to be banned for life. Um, I don't care. Um, speaking with uh, friends and family that I interviewed, regular watchers of uh, Liga MX, they said things like, hey, this is a, a league where families can go to and feel safe. At least it used to be. Um, because like in, in Argentina, David, I don't know if you know this, but Argentina, um, away teams aren't allowed to have away, away support because it's too dangerous. So in, in Mexico, um, yeah, there's, you know, your normal fights in the stands, but nothing ever like this. And apparently the, the Atlas support groups, the Atlas Barras, do this on a, a semi-regular basis. So as yeah. much as as much as they're the victim, supposedly they their barras do this shit all the time. So, um, I understand that Atlas fans were hurt, but uh, at least this time we also have the proof that they kind of started this shit, dude. Where's the punishment for them? Dude, uh, I don't think there will be. Uh, as we all know, it's definitely a reactionary um, kind of league and punishment, which is unfortunate. I mean, they can definitely do a lot more to keep people safe. Um, there's not many events that lead to violence the way it led there that's for sure um uh, david do, do you mind if i ask you a couple questions before we move on no i don't mind man go ahead okay so there's a big uh, a big shout um in a part of the community that maybe uh, mexico should be stripped of the 2026 uh 
World Cup hosting rights. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I mean, if they can't guarantee safety, I have to agree, honestly. That it's one of those things where you have to be able to guarantee everybody's safety. If you're going to tell me that, you know, they're not and they're going to keep letting the uh, fans do what they want, keep fighting each other, then sorry, but it has to go to someone else. And then, David, um, I, I, I spent so much time Saturday night on Twitter and on YouTube watching the whole thing. Uh, David... There were riot police there on scene, like full, like shield, baton, tear gas. They just stood there, David. They didn't, they didn't do anything. How culpable are the riot police in this as well? As like as far as maybe not trying to establish order quickly. Everybody is culpable in this. There's nobody that's innocent. Uh, both supporters, both teams, the police, the government, um, the Mexican Association, uh, Football Association. Everybody dropped the ball in this case, bro. So everybody needs to uh, kind of take responsibility, you know, pay for these people's hospital bills, make sure everybody's all right, you know, and follow up, make sure there's true punishment. That's their job, and they need to do it ASAP. And look, from, from, from the people that, that I helped or that I interviewed, and I'd like to thank all of you for your time, Eric Wilson, Joel, Henry Milton, uh, Chris, all you guys, thank you so much uh, for your help. Um, some people believe that maybe the people that want to see Mexico stripped of the World Cup hosting rights in 26 maybe didn't want the World Cup there anyway. And I, I'd i like to say that um, Mexico is a beautiful country that's a great place to visit. Um, and I think that who knows, um, obviously Canada and the U.S. can handle the World Cup by themselves, but I wouldn't strip it from Mexico just yet. But say we get to 2025, right? And something like this happens again, automatically you have to pull the World Cup at that point. Because let's remember who organizes the World Cup. FIFA, an organization that gave a World Cup to a country with various human rights violations in back-to-back tournaments because Russia has human rights violations. And... I, I mean, we're going to get into Qatar pretty soon here, we promise. And truth be told, the U.S. has human rights violations all the time as well, just abroad. So, you know, um, <sighs> I personally wouldn't strip it from Mexico, but I, um, I would tell Qatar, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't care, you're relegated. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do, uh, your fine is about $500,000. Make sure those people get paid. Um, and uh, if I can get proof of who did some heinous shit, you're banned for life. That's what I would do. Yeah. But that's I mean, just me. That's all we can really ask for and hope for. And if they're going to come through, they are. And if they're not, I mean, it really does feel like they're not. But uh we reviewed the champions league let's jump over here eddie to the english premier league now 
let's talk about some actual football. Uh, the Premier League is fully going. Uh, what's your What's the biggest game that we watched this weekend? Obviously, the Manchester Derby is still giving a buzz, but uh, there was lots of great games, like Tottenham destroying Everton. Uh, but which one was the one that you're like, man, you know, I hope nobody missed that? Um, ah, you know, West Ham should have probably took a point off Liverpool. I'm pissed that um, Southampton shit the bed. It made me look bad because I said they were gonna give a good game and they lost for nothing. Um, uh, who else? Oh, Arsenal! Arsenal and Wolves was three two, correct? That was a banger. That was a pretty good game. Yeah, that was a good to watch. David, so real quick, okay, so Arsenal have two games in hand on you guys on Man United. Um, is fourth their spot to lose uh arsenals yeah yeah i gotta say it is man they it's definitely theirs to lose um united are kind of lucky to even be considered part of the race but they do have three games on manchester united and they're only one point ahead uh, already with a point ahead so that can easily increase to four or five points within those three games um if not more uh uh, so yeah, it's on Arsenal. They they just gotta hope that the team doesn't choke. Uh, David, do you think that selling Obama Yang and we all know that um, Lacazette doesn't regularly bang in the goals, and Eddie's kind of young, so you might not expect him to bang in the goals. Does having a true striker kind of put their great position in peril? Maybe do you think someone else? Could sneak up on them to take fourth. I think it puts them at a risk. Um, I mean, they they're expecting players such as Martinelli to make up the difference and get those goals in. But you know, he's a youngster; he can only do so much. Uh, I don't know, man. I I do think that there's a higher chance of Arsenal bottling it than Arsenal actually getting to uh, fourth wow. place. Really? Yeah. And it just takes one or two injuries on their end, and it's a wrap. You know, there's there's no more. So we'll, we'll just, again, it's one of those things. We're going to have to wait to see how it plays out. I mean, there's been a lot already just with this weekend, you know, Everton being drug into the um, relegation battle. Uh, Brentford grinded out a win that they definitely needed, getting some cushion. So it's going to be interesting again, you know, coming up. Um, think talking about coming up here. Um, what game should we pay attention to this weekend, Eddie? Oh, match day twenty nine. Oh, actually, um, I'm so glad you asked that. Uh, before I give you my my pick, David, can we talk about um Leeds' new manager Jesse Mar- Marsh? Um, so let me tell you what happened. If you didn't know, he actually got slandered by Gabby at Bangalore of all people, because after losing their game one nil, um, he told the players to go clap the fans, you know, as you would, uh, show support to your traveling fans. That's normal. 
right? But at Bum Lahore, um, actually criticized him because afterwards he gathered his um team on the field like in a huddle and kind of gave them a speech and at Bangalore was like oh that's so American like you do that in the dressing room you don't do that on the pitch and he was actually really pissed off about it um is that just an English thing David or should you really not do that on the pitch um honestly I think it sounds like Bangalore was looking for something to complain about uh, honestly, fuck him. Uh, I don't know why he would even do or say anything like that. Um, he's kind of dropping the ball, to be fair, in terms of um, what is giving credit when it's due. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jesse Marsh didn't think of it as like, oh, I bet I can get some kind of reaction if I have a huddle on the field. I'm sure because, again, he's not new to Europe. It's not like they plucked him out of MLS. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he was like, hey, I'm in this moment. Because of this moment, let's have a chat here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I call bullshit, man. Um, and Agbal Nahor, you should probably quit commentary and just go live under a rock. Um, and now that I know that, Leeds United versus Norwich City is going to be my game to watch. <laughs> right? Definitely. Um, but also, um, I will take Arsenal that we just mentioned versus Leicester. Um, it is at the Emirates Sunday at 9.30 Pacific, so that would be 12.30 Eastern. If you're listening on the East Coast, uh, what up? And also, um, David, there is one team we should talk about before we get back to the football. Um, David, I don't know, bro. Could you log on to your banking app and tell me if you have about $3 billion to spend so we could buy Chelsea? Uh, if we could buy Chelsea, imagine. Imagine the scenes. That would be incredible if we could. So, uh, David, uh, can you tell me uh, how much do you know about um, uh, American football, the NFL? Uh, so-so. Uh, have you heard who wants to buy Chelsea? Uh, not in NFL terms. Um, uh, Stanley Johnson, I believe is his name. And um, he's one of the Johnson & Johnson billionaires. But he is also the owner of the New York Jets, which is like consistently the worst team in the NFL. So Chelsea fans, if you're listening, uh, you better hope he doesn't um, feel like buying uh, Chelsea for real because he will ruin your club Uh, like bad, like historically bad. Like, the only two good seasons the Jets have had in the past, like, 50 years are 2009 and 2010, when they effectively got to the semifinals but failed to get to the Super Bowl. And he's been the owners for, like, the past 20, and they've been shit for 18 of those years. So. Jesus. Yeah, they better hope. But in my case, I kind of hope to do buy them and put them through suffering like they deserve. Yeah. Uh, but uh we're, we're running short of time here eddie let's let's go to over to spain here real quick 
Let's mm-hmm. uh, make sure we give La Liga some love because La Liga has shown us plenty of love with the football in case you hadn't noticed um, with our talk earlier of Real Madrid destroying PSG. Um, Xavi's revolution at Barcelona has been a pleasure to watch. I normally don't pay that much attention to La Liga, just enough to get me by on the Champions League. But it's definitely been more fun in the sense of just have an open mind versus trying to support a team to win the title because we all know it's Madrid's to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to add to that, Eddie? Uh, the game to watch this weekend um, would be Betis versus Bilbao, which table-wise is fifth versus eighth, but uh, athletic club are much better than eighth. So if, if you get a chance to watch La, La Liga this weekend, that's probably the game to watch for you guys. And Barcelona play Osasuna. And we'll somehow have a difficult time. I don't doubt it. Well, it happens. But uh, Real, Bet- Real Betis to Athletic Club is my game to watch as well for the fact that in case you haven't heard, there's a rumor going around that uh, Marcus Radford wants out of Manchester United. Um, and me and Eddie kind of talked about it. We're like, where is he going to go? You know, the best he can do right now is Betis. So I kind of ran with it and pictured my first Marcus Rashford uh, conference. And the first thing that comes out is, oh, it's always been a dream of mine to come here and play with the green and white stripes. I had a poster of Jacqueline on my wall growing up. And I fucking love that joke so much. Dude. Yeah, we all know that's bullshit. So let's hope Marcus Rashford gets his head out of his ass and doesn't request a transfer and end up in but fuck nowhere. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, Eddie, I think it's time to wrap it up. So any last words from you? Um uh shout out to um, Austin FC, who in their first two games of existence um, have scored 10 goals. So that's a little MLS love for you guys. But also follow us on social Twitter at Pod from the Spot, Instagram, Podcast from the Spot, right, David? That's right. And if you just want to email us, uh, Pod from the Spot at gmail.com, it's the place to be. If you just want to follow the link, because it just makes it way easier, just follow the links on the uh, episode description. That is the best way. Don't forget to rate and review us, along with sharing us. Um, one new listener a day makes a difference. Uh, we're trying to climb those charts. So, yeah, from my end, that is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope everybody has a good night. Eddie, take it away, sir. All right. Bye, everybody. We will catch you either next Wednesday or next Thursday, because we've noticed that's when you expect the pod. We love you. We thank you and take care. All right. Thanks, everybody.